Is that camera work? You're listening to the Simple Table Podcast, where we dive into complex, real, and relevant topics. Okay, so let's just go back. The conversation was about success. Yeah. What is success? So um, business looks at, you know, growing numbers as success. And um, relationship looks at success as healthy relationships. And so I think that when you showcase... um, Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Showcase. All right. When you showcase what healthy relationships look like, and it's it's that staying in conversation with each other and not storming off because mm. I disagree with you and now I can't ever talk to you again. Um, when that's showcased, I think the people around, even that inner circle, start to see that, and they start it starts to be mirrored within their own communities, and so. Jesus isn't leaving people out, Hmm. but he's multiplying. This is what this looks like. This is what healthy relationship looks like. And so when it comes to a healthy relationship, that is going to attract more people. Hmm. And you can look at it from a business side of, oh, this is the perfect way to, you know, build our numbers, but that's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. What the church is supposed to be about, what family is about, is about healthy relationship. That's the the desire, yeah. is to feel the closeness and love and respect so that we can disagree about something, but that's not going to separate us. Right. We can continue to have conversation about it. And whether or not we come to a mutual agreement or not... How I feel about that situation or that topic, and it differs from you, doesn't invalidate everything else that you have to say. Mm-hmm. It doesn't kill off your humanity altogether. Right. You know? So I think that as we, as we start to show and, and engage in healthy relationship with each other and and it doesn't have to look like everybody's always got a smile on their face. I think that's the other thing. You know, we, we try to mix the whole business idea uh, with, with relationship in that these are the ways that you know you have a healthy relationship. You're always happy. you always got a smile on your face. You're always agreeing. Mm. And... That's just not how it works. Mm. Relationship is too complex. God made it that way because, yeah, he wanted to get our attention. So the question I have is, does unity require uniformity? No. I don't think so. I think there's there's different perspectives that everybody can bring to, um, you know, the conversation. And... You can you can call out different things in, in each other and in perspectives to help broaden a, a viewpoint. Um, does everybody have to come to the same conclusion that you have? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think there's certain things that there is 
Um, there's unity when you agree on things like uh, Jesus actually is God. You know, that that's something that, but that's not, again, that's the, <laughs> you have to believe this in order to be accepted. And that's not how he sees us. He sees us as, I'm trying to convince you of who I am and who you are. And you'll eventually come to this. I'm, I'm willing to let this, you know, go in the direction that, that you want to take it because I'm going to meet you there. Yeah. Throughout history, he's met people exactly where they're at in their culture and has spoken to them. So one of the things that I have experienced over the years of being at the church is people coming to visit us, check us out, and they, they ask right away like a statement like, what are your beliefs? Which is their marker of knowing whether they can or cannot continue to engage in relationship, whether they are choosing to be a part of the relationship. If you believe X and I believe Y, I cannot be like we can't we can't walk together. Uh, and and I I find myself really perplexed by this idea that Jesus, who is God, the truth, he is the word made flesh, dwelling among his disciples, the very thing he spends the most time talking about is what? The kingdom, mm -hmm. right? Um, at the very end, he's about ready to ascend and the Jew, well, the, the, his disciples are asking, is it at this time that you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Like, how, how many years have I been with you? Like, this has been what I've been talking about over and over again. He had, he had every right to go, oh, I need to, I need to empower somebody else because these 12 that I've spent time with, these 120, they, they're just not getting it. Mm -hmm. And, and yet he didn't, he, like, he's so far above that. And, and this is when you were talking about the whole idea of, uh, who he spent time with, um, I, I find myself asking the question, why was his goal not to grow uh, the moment he had a large crowd? When he had 5,000 plus women and children, because you know, they're, they're not allowed to be you know, really brought into the story because it's women and children. But Stupid women. <laughs> when, when, when he has this massive, <laughs> some say it could have been like 20,000 people. Why didn't he start, uh, you know, a campaign right there? He's not a politician. Why? Why didn't he? Why didn't he? Why didn't he start the megachurch right there? Like that was prime time. What? What are your thoughts? Why didn't he? Yeah. Why didn't he start the megachurch? I don't he know. Why did he like send people away? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, I think it's you eliminate this <laughs> when you have one person up on the podium speaking to the masses, you don't have a relationship with them. And yeah, he would do that sometimes. Yeah. So why would he do that? And then, I don't know. And that's what I was saying earlier, was what is inclusivity and healthy relationship when you can't, you can't include everybody and have this like meaningful, personal, intense relationship with millions of people or, even hundreds, it's you just can't. Yeah, it's it's the most it's audacious, dumb idea for God to limit himself 
to humanity, to remove his uh, omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. Should have made a few Jesuses and planted exactly. them all around. Exactly. Like, <laughs> why would you limit yourself when you know that it takes this and you're going to put yourself in one body? Like, that does not make sense. It, it makes you start going like, what he was doing does not compute and comprehend to our cultural way of this is how you this is how you grow this thing. Yeah, but that's also the beauty of whenever he <laughs> leaves, he says, I need to go so that I can send something that's going to be gonna much better that. that you need <laughs> right. that's going to do that. Okay, so we've been talking about Jesus, but where's where's that that thing that this Well, about that though. So would you say that God is the Trinity has unity, but not uniformity. Yes. They're they're in unity, but they are not. Because what's uniform. the uniform? What's what's another term for uniformity? In my perspective, is diversity. I think that the the spirit. The opposite of uniformity. No, the, the sorry. I think the the synonym for unif. Antonym. Antonym. I think that the antonym for <laughs> uniformity is diversity. And, yeah. and you see the Father, the Son, and the Spirit being very diverse, working together to accomplish something that um, does not need for, like the Father saying, Jesus, I need you to look like this. I need you to stay here at the throne to get this thing accomplished because this is the only perspective I have and this is the way that it's done. Like, there's, there's the allowance for distance but connection. The Spirit is the only thing here on the planet. The, the Son and the Father are not, right? The Spirit is, is hovering on the planet, and the Father and the Son are in, in heaven. And so there's, there's distance, but yet there's connection. They're, they're connected in doing their, their, their role. Yes, maybe. Where is we heaven? We can cut this out. Yeah. We can cut this out, but... Yeah, I, I kind of have a different idea of it. It's... It, I'm not. I'm not entirely certain on that. Yeah, because there's the. <laughs> this is the point. Yeah, we're in. We Christ. don't agree. That's okay. We're in Christ. No, but we need uniformity. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm a stupid woman. <laughs> wow. You can cut that out. <laughs> we're we're in Christ, and right. He's in us. So, to say that that the Father and Christ aren't aren't here on the earth, I don't know. You know, that's I don't know how it what the actual physical looking thing is of how that works. You know, um, I know the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all and on all on all mankind, all everything. Like the everything, the everything. Um, that's. I mean, I, I only say that because even in the church, there's differing opinions on that. And we oh, go, I know. <laughs> like, but if you don't have the spirit, you, like, here's the reason why you wouldn't have the spirit, right? Because you have not agreed upon these conditions that give you license for the spirit to actually be in or on you. Yeah. Yeah, that that seems a little too worksish for me. Uh, that that's it's my decision whether or not the Holy Spirit's coming in, and based on what I'm doing, not what Christ did, not on you know 
the finished work of the cross. Like, what does the finished work of the cross even mean if I have to do something to gain it? So it's, so it's the finished slash unfinished work of the cross. It means, you know, hey, I took away your sins, but you can still dabble with them and you can still, you know, not have anything to do with me until you say, until you pray this prayer, then I'll really come in. But until then, it's the finished work for the few, not for all. Because that's really what I wanted. That doesn't make sense to me. You, you've adopted. Mm -hmm. and you're planning on adopting again. Mm -hmm. uh, did Amari have a choice? Nope. She didn't. That's, con that's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> but she... Well, and when we were talking about blood earlier and stuff too. Like, she has blood family. Yeah. But she is separated from them. And she's part of mine. And not blood, but more part of my family than my nuclear family than anybody else. In, I mean, isn't that the mystery? But she that... did not have a choice, no. She will have a choice at some point. Yeah. And, and, that's, and this is the complexity that Paul, I think, is even bringing Romans when he says you've been grafted in. You've been adopted in. Like, there is this... Uh, I, I think that that's why Jesus was able to rest in his position, not needing to grow in the terms and the ways that we're thinking, because when we come at it from that perspective of this is what success looks like it's because i need you to agree upon this to belong and jesus is coming in with a whole different perspective of saying like i'm doing something that supersedes these worldly ideals these worldly conditions we're talking we're talking about like the the tension of disagreement and there was a statement that was that was said about like Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit. I was right. Right, totally. <laughs> um, there being distance, but still connection. Distance in that the Spirit is here on the earth, and, and yet Jesus and the and the Father are in heaven. And there's this there's this look from both of you, and I found myself starting to perspirate. Like, <laughs> oh gosh, you don't agree with okay. And, and this, is, this is what's so true about the church is that we, we have ideas and thoughts that we don't bring to the table yeah. because we're afraid of being uh, disagreed with because of the result of that disagreement will, will cause disconnection. And so then we, we take that idea that we've experienced through, through our own culture, through our own families and, and uh, friendships and whatnot, and then we throw that on the way that God would treat us, right? And so if God is like that, uh, because he's the super being like us, but even more, he's going to permanently remove himself or us from himself when we don't agree. And so then we find ourselves not really being able to grow and mature together, um, not in our thinking, not in our theology, but in our ability to stay connected. Like, is the root of all this stuff to believe the right things? Or is the root of all this stuff to learn how to love, even when we don't I'll believe the right things because if if God is able to um, embody us all and he is not separated himself ie Jesus from humanity ever again uh, when we disagree with him through our thoughts our actions or anything like did Jesus remove himself or did he stay at the table and and I think that the what the church 
should be looking like. I think we've overemphasized the church and we've underemphasized the kingdom. What the church should look like is a collective group of people who are focusing on growing as kingdom people to be able to stay at the table because love is the primary focus, not rightness. Right. So, so when I come asking you, do you believe these things? And you go, actually, we don't believe those things. Uh, oh, great. I, I get to leave. Now I go to another church. But like, yeah. Yeah, which you're going to be church hopping for a while if that's the case. And you're never going to grow deep with people. I mean, and, and that's, that's the thing is I think what we choose to aspire to, at least in America, is, and, and I would almost argue throughout the world, what mankind aspires to is somebody who knows it all. And, oh, they have all the right answers. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of people I respect and, and value their opinion because of the perspectives they've brought into my life. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know them personally. And when I can, you know, place, like, there, there's nothing wrong with that. But if I'm aspiring to have relationship only with people who I think know more and you know, and that's the ultimate, mm -hmm. then I can start disregarding anybody else that I think has gotten it wrong yeah. and doesn't know as much. And then you just start writing people off again. And so it, it it's just uh, this, I think, at least in the West, we've, we've gotten to this place where, I mean, even how we, we talk about business, you know, we use the phrase, it's not personal, it's just business. Mm -hmm. We've adopted that into so much of our lives mm -hmm. because business means I can make a decision that's going to hurt you, but I don't mean it in a personal way. What is that? We're all personal beings. Mm -hmm. Something hurts, it hurts. And But if I have this excuse that, hey, we don't agree, we can agree to disagree and you can go over here and I can go over there and we never have to talk about anything ever again. What is that? It's not relationship. It's not love. And so we, we got to come back to this place of not writing people off. I mean, I got to say the church is pretty good at that. They've gotten that down. You know, Rob Bell brought up a topic that made a lot of people upset. <laughs> And all of a sudden, he's a heretic and don't listen to a word he says. Yeah. One of my favorite people to listen to, John Crowder. That man has been chastised by so many people because of how he has communicated what he's communicated. Mm -hmm. And he has no value any longer to these people. Mm -hmm. That's not love. That's not relationship. That's law. Mm -hmm. And... We keep wanting to fall back on law because we think it's going to answer things. It's going to keep us from being hurt when all it does is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. We want to try to avoid the hurt. So let's go to the thing that hurts us. So it's a sure thing. Mm. And we can convince ourselves that we're not really hurt. Mm. We're just protecting ourselves. Mm. Not really. Yeah. I think a lot of it also has to do with, um, you know, when you, when you're going into controversy and you're that build up, it's not actually, 
the controversy that's going to be the the big fear factor because you can walk into a conversation there be controversy in it and nine times out of ten i would say at least in my experience not everybody else's it's never as bad as i've thought it would be it's the fear of the controversy it's the fear that that's leading up to it that keeps us away from actually engaging these things that we have questions we're not willing to engage them because we're afraid of what the answer could be and what does that mean for all the things that I've been believing? Mm. It's one of the things I love about Crowder. It's like, hey, you can actually, you know, accept the finished work of the cross, even if you've been going 45 years or whatever about not accepting it. Accepting it 45 years in one day is better than going 45 years in two days or anything else. It's like we, we can't look at our history and go, yeah, but I had all this building up to it. And... If that's proven wrong, then what does that mean about my life? Mm. It means you have a new lease on life, mm. and it's good. Yeah. Mm. I, I think that ideas can dehumanize people. Yeah. You know, like the, the believing the wrong thing or the opposing thing gives me the ability to dehumanize another individual. And... Uh, you know, when I when I when I think about how Paul talks about protecting the purity of the church, um, he he talks about being careful of false teachers and false prophets. Um, is is at the root of it that these people are evil, or is it these ideas have not been processed through all the way to see how it it actually dehumanizes and the root of it is not love, like. I think that that's actually what he was dealing with is as he's trying to make people aware, but we've taken that and we've actually dehumanized people mm -hmm. because they don't, th they don't think like we think. And, and we're actually becoming the false teachers and false prophets. Like if, if his, if his goal is to stay in a position of love and this teaching will cause you to think differently about another person and to neglect Christ, be anti-Christ, anti-love, that's what you need to be careful of. That idea. Um, all of a sudden, we, we, we go to that far extreme of thinking that, you know, like the idea causes it to be the entire body embodiment of a person rather than like Jesus actually is walking in the midst of people who were false in their teaching or their ideas, their thoughts, their lives. And he was loving them. Like he was not afraid of it. He was very aware. Like he had so much self-awareness of who he was yeah. and what he was walking in, his goal of being love, that he was able to even sacrifice himself um, in the midst of someone who doesn't believe like, like he believes. And I, I think that the church has not quite wrapped its mind. Like we haven't be, been powerful as people to be able to realize that we're centered in the focus of every person has value, is, is worthy um, of my love, has already been loved by the Father, and, and I get to engage in that conversation with them. Um, I want you to, I know you're thinking something, so go ahead. Well, I think what I'm hearing from both of you ties back to the idea of we don't like to be uncomfortable. <laughs> and 
agreement and familiarity and sameness is very comfortable. And so when an idea or a person disagrees or they challenge something that looks or sounds different to what is comfortable to us, we like to separate or push back or Brene Brown talks about sorting. And I think that's all back on feeling comfortable Mm -hmm. and feeling safe, but because we don't want our ideas to be threatened because we don't want what is our known to be threatened. And so, like, challenging that, I think, allows you to have family, allows you to have relationship, allows you to not identify people as ideas. You, when when we first started, you had said something about the family being a place of safety. And I I know... I know, I did. And I know that, like, we've had conversations, but it would be helpful for people to hear as you're saying, like being in discomfort and people not wanting to be in discomfort because um, they don't feel safe, but the family being safe. Mm-hmm. Help help me understand, like, what does that look like for you to... I think my definition of safety would be that no matter how uncomfortable it gets or no matter um, what we may have to face or how much I don't this like how much I don't agree with you or whatever. I'm not walking away. I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. I think for me, safety is security of I am for you. I'm here. I'm not just gonna disappear and abandon you, even if there's mess and there's confrontation. I don't think safety means that it's there's not hurt mm-hmm. or there's not disagreement. Or there's not frustration or there's not pain. I think that stuff happens even, like, Amaria is in my home. She's safe here. She's not going to, like, not like she was in India. She wasn't safe when she was on the streets there, left as a baby out. Who knows what could have happened to her. She could have been picked up by the wrong person instead of the police and put in child trafficking. But she, but she wasn't. She was brought into an environment that's safe, but she still gets her feelings hurt. She still trips and falls. There's still discomfort when she has to do something that she doesn't want to do. And I tell her it's time to go to bed or do this or that. So I think safety is not a feeling. Hmm. I think yeah. safety is a commitment. Yeah. And in family, it's not comfortable all the time, but when you're committed to people that brings a sense of safety which i think really ultimately is love Mm -hmm. i'm gonna love you even when tick me off or i do not like what you're doing or yeah i think also it, it we've got a lot of perspectives of how we see things that need to we need to actually question like how are we looking at this because One of the popular opinions out there right now is that in order to love somebody, I have to agree with them. Yes. And that is so messed up. Yes. Because that's saying that if I don't agree with you, I don't love you. And that is just a false perspective of love. That's that fall in line. We have to be, in order to be in unity, we have to have uniform thought. You know? Um, And it takes away... Our humanity it takes away who we've been created to be because you've been created to be someone 
that you have gifts and talents and ways of thinking that is completely different from me or Kyle or anybody else. And instead of celebrating those things, apparently, unless we're falling in line with exactly how you think, the, the popular opinion is, well, you don't love her then. You don't love him then. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so warped because we all are missing pieces. We're all growing. If we would actually understand that we don't have it figured out, that everybody is growing, the Holy Spirit is revealing who he is, who the Trinity is, and who you are all the time, and this is our pleasure and his pleasure to walk this out in relationship and we get to do it with each other and call it out in each other, you know, we can start to see what love really is. Mm. And so when it comes to comfort, we look at it as a way of just, it's almost like that feeling of, of comfort is turn off all other things It's like, I'm willing to sacrifice joy. I'm willing to sacrifice love. If it keeps me away from pain and discomfort, because all of these things kind of just start happening together. When you're in pain and you're discomfort, he comes and is the comforter because he comes with love and he comes with, you know, explaining to you who you are. And that is not comfortable when you have been walking out in one way in your life and you think, this is who I am. I identify as this. And he comes and says, in the most amazing of ways, this is actually who I created you to be. Mm -hmm. That's not comfortable. But he comes with love in a way that we don't understand because you're not agreeing with me, Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm saying who I am. But now I'm in questioning of it. And in order for me to be comfortable, I need to shut off everything else and sit in front of a TV or sit in front of my phone and look at somebody else's life so that I can tune out. And it doesn't, it doesn't eliminate anything. It just puts everything and it doesn't even put it on pause. You can't pause life. You can't pause the stuff you're going through. You just can make it worse. And if we actually start questioning these things of what is love and what is comfort? Baby, don't hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we start questioning those things, then we we can actually start to feel what real comfort is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I zoned off for a moment as I'm listening to you. Uh, Thanks. Thinking, like what, there was not 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 because I wasn't listening to what you're it saying. Took but you on a journey. Yeah, I, I went I went down a rabbit hole. I do that a lot. Yeah, I <laughs> I I think that um, the hardest the hardest thing for me when I look at the church because that's the context in which I like. I, I, I live and breathe thinking about the church. Um, I don't know that it's as healthy. <laughs> I like when you say the church, what is what do you mean well, f- when you first of all I'm thinking of uh, Bethel Valparaiso. Mm-hmm. But I I then move to this global 
the the Catholic Church, not Roman Catholic Church, but the Roman Catholic, the um, Episcopal, like all encompassing church. And I'm thinking about like when Jesus was inviting us into this this idea of being a part of the kingdom, we've we've equated the church with uh, with God so much that we have lacked seeing that the spirit of God that is moving in relationships all over the planet that is bringing about the beauty of mm-hmm. his body that he calls the church the beauty of his body like it is it is happening and and for me one of the things that I've I've begun to experience is because of this organizational structure people have been hurt in these places and um, they put on masks to protect themselves in these isolated environments that should be the healthiest place for them to grow. But they've become the most um, fake, the, 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 the false place. And they think that they need to come um, with the, the right thoughts, ideas, perspectives, uh, all their stuff put together so that they don't get hurt in this environment. I I cannot continue to blame the environment. I have to take responsibility for me because I'm a part of something bigger. Um, and and if I don't allow for people to let those masks be removed, and for them to be to experience a new level of vulnerability, a new level of transparency, a new level of looking at life and going. I'm not, I'm not here needing you to believe all the right things for us to stay in relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not needing you to have the, the gifting that will, that will cause this thing to grow. I'm not, I'm not looking at you for the financial benefit that you're going to bring to this, to this church. To that, that stuff is like if, if, if we were in countries that, uh, that kept us from being able to have gathering spaces and buildings, would we, in our current state in America, the church, would we be able to continue to exist? And I would say that, yes, we would. It would just need to be a quick reformulation and getting back to the root of this thing of like, it actually comes down to transparency, vulnerability, and accepting of people who who don't always look like me. Um, and, and so these gathering spaces, these buildings, we, we gather together out of an idea of love, but then because of pain, we morph into this idea of let's, let's put on the the right masks for this environment so that we feel safe. Don't get hurt. But inside I, that thought of Jesus saying like whitewashed tombs, Mm -hmm. I, I really do think that, that what God is wanting to do is, uh, for him, for us as a prophetic voice, as people to start being like Ezekiel and saying these bones can live. Like we are, we are looking for the embodiment of the flesh being put back on. Let's start looking like Jesus again. Let's start looking like the Christ again. Um, let's let's not be afraid to actually talk about these things. Like it's it's everything from politi- politics to sexuality to you know all these topics that are that are so um, afraid to be discussed 
in church. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we won't even talk about homosexuality. Like, but that, that's the thing that like we know is, is the button, the hot topic right now. Like, can you, can you actually, um, can you actually find yourself wrestling with this thing? Like, do we have the discussion of, have we dehumanized somebody because of the, of, of their sexual preference? Um, because we, we have this superseded idea of here's what it would look like for them to walk in their perfection is that they don't deal with these issues. And right now this is the issue that we're talking about, but because they're not walking in that, we, we somehow dehumanize them and see that they have less value. But the, but Jesus didn't like, Jesus is not looking for the, the ones who are, are crucifying him to get the right thoughts before he says, father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He extends forgiveness. He extends mercy to them long before they even have an idea and recognition. In fact, it was because of the extending of forgiveness and mercy that the the very ones who were stabbing him says, this indeed was the son of God. Like that, that's what we, and our, if our end goal is to get them to say, this indeed is the son of God, we're totally missing it. Mm-hmm. Jesus was not saying, I forgive you so that you'll respond. He was unconditionally extending forgiveness and mercy. And I think once once the church starts resting in that same position that Jesus had, but that resting position is not sitting on on your throne. It's, It's hanging on a cross. Once we get to that position of like, I'm not doing this so that you'll believe the right things. I'm doing this to show you the mercy and love of God. Only then will we see like reconciliation happening, true reconciliation happening. I felt yeah. that was the tangent I went on. Yeah. It's it's also, it's this idea that we're okay with people coming into the church and having issues, and we're willing to talk about those issues, but it's always from the perspective of, well, we're going to get you fixed. That sounded weird. Uh, we're going to fix you and these issues. <laughs> I caught that. There it took go. me a little bit of time. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That happened. Um, Bring in the Ethiopian eunuch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, it's awesome. Cut that out. You, you can you can come in with issues, but we're going to get those things taken care of, mm. or at least we're going to make it seem that way, mm. and you can keep it. You know. You can feel sorry about it when you're still doing it or still struggling with it, Mm. but put on that happy face, would you, and pass the plate. Mm. Um, 